All right. So um, I was asking how many of you were at New Year's Eve because it was a powerful evening. Lots of declarations were made. And um, I knew that tonight we couldn't just move on as though that didn't happen. Like, I know every night is something new, you know, with the Lord. We can never keep up, right? I mean, he is chasing us down with the blessings. And so, but on the other hand, it was so profound that I'm like, we can't just skip right off of that. So I asked um, Bill Hernandez if he would come up and start us out by just sharing some of his thoughts about New Year's Eve and then kind of leading us Yeah, come on up, just leading us uh, from there. Feelings. (laughs) Nothing more than feelings. (laughs) 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 Okay. Oh, okay. All right, there's an angel here. So, uh, you know, uh, Tuesday night was just so amazing. It was just really incredible. And one of the things that was really cool about it, the the thing that really stuck with me was family, the family and the unity that was there from people from different churches. That was just amazing because that, and I was telling uh, Chuck, um, I was telling him, I said, you know what, this is like the landing pad for, for God, this is where he, he lands and brings revival and renewal and, um, and restoration. And so, um, so that's, I, I just really loved it. I really enjoyed that coming together. And then also, too, uh, I just felt like there was just such a positive um, uh, feeling about this uh, 2020. And, um, and even Doug Addison was talking about we're entering into a season of restoration and renewal. And the, 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 what's it called, the things in heaven, like the justice is tipping in our way. That, that's, that's what's coming for us. And I, re, I was there and I was declaring um, that uh, I was thinking about 2020 in the back and I was just thinking 2020. And that's when the Lord was saying, that's double, double. And so we were declaring now, I was just declaring, you know, double blessing, double anointing. Uh, double uh, finances, double deliverance. And so that's what's going to, that's what we have here. And I guess we're going to do more of that later or what? Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll do that. And so we're going to, we're going to be declaring that. And so um, then also too, uh, I just really feel like uh, I think Kat shared a little bit and, um, and Susan shared a little bit about, uh, blessings that the Lord has spoken over us. And um, in First Thessalonians 5, 20 through 21, it says, do not despise prophetic utterances, but examine carefully, hold fast to that which is good. Hold fast to that which is good. And so this thing, is, so we've received prophetic declarations over our lives. We've received prophetic words and promises again and again and again in the past. And many of, many of us might feel, oh, well, that was a nice little prophecy I got, but eh, you know, it never came to pass or whatever. So that eh, or whatever, or just disregarding, that's that despising part, you know? So when you despise something, like let's say someone's going to serve you a plate of liver and you despise it and you, go, you, you, you avoid it, you don't want to go near it, you poo-poo it, and you go, ugh, you know? It's just kind of like, you're just avoiding it. So that's kind of what the despising is, is you just set it aside and you say, this doesn't mean anything. It's, it's worthless. But the thing is that I, I really feel like the Lord is saying, this is the time to bless those things that God has spoken over you. And what we were doing Tuesdays, we were saying, yes, Lord, we want more, more of you, more of your outpouring, more of your goodness, more unity, more power, more everything. And so... This part where it says, hold fast to that which is good, it's basically saying, you got these words, people made promises over you, people made declarations, hold on to the goodness of those things and bless them and nurture them. Not too long ago at our overseers meeting, I was sharing um, something similar, and there I felt like the Lord was saying, 
that the beginnings of revival, the re beginnings of re renewal of, of my outpouring are just as important as the full outpouring. And he says, and just it's the same thing as when a couple, when they conceive, and it has just, two, just a little tiny cell, right? And that is just as glorious and wonderful and miraculous as that full-blown child that becomes an adult. And the Lord is saying, I am sending to you seeds of revival. I've been sending them again and again and again. And even now, the enthusiasm that you have over it, that is part of it. That's part of, that's part of it. But I really feel like this whole outpouring of God's blessing that's really coming, that's going to be increasing more and more and more, that, that, that's going to be like dreams come true. That means it's going to mean finances that get healed, bodies that get healed, vision that gets healed, passions that come alive, you know, building of community, ministering in all the, the seven mountains, you know, and so all of this and on and on and on. God is breathing life. He's bringing life. And this is what I feel 2020 is all about. So anyway, so yeah, exactly. So, um, so it's really, really important to, to think about in what ways have I seen some of these words actually come to pass in my life? In what ways have I seen the community start being touched in what ways have I seen God moving in the little ways here and there and start to bless that? You know, sometimes, you know, when we're praying for healing, you know, we pray for healing and we pray for somebody's back or whatever. And then we ask him, how does it go? And he says, well, it feels a little bit better. And he says, thank you, God, for that little bit better. Just thank you, Lord, that you, it's 50%. We bless that. We bless this, Lord. We want more. We, we, so we honor we honor what the Lord is giving. He's giving you a, a little bit and just make an investment of worshiping and praising him for more. Right? Yeah. So that's what 2020 is all about. That's what this worship thing conference is all that's coming up. That's what that's all about. You know, it's just ble blessing what God is doing rather than saying, oh, well, it's the, the glass is only it's half empty. It's only half empty. You know, instead, it's more than, it's half full, and it's continuing to fill, right? It's, it's going to continue to fill, to overflowing. That's what's expected. That's what we're going to see. That's what everybody is saying. That's what the prophets are saying. All right. So there you go. So after um, the day or two after New Year's Eve, I... I actually transcribed that entire hour of the prophetic declarations just because I had to. It was about, there was just so much going on. And, um, and for me, um, when I am feeling the Lord moving like that, I want to go back and listen and say, God, what, what's hitting my heart? And so um, in your email, if you got the email this week, I just did a really quick synopsis of each. Then I, after I typed it all out, I just I narrowed it down to just a couple of lines of each person, what I thought was kind of the essence of what they were bringing. So I encourage you, if you got that email, if you didn't get it, um, that's why we put the, uh, the slide up earlier of how you can be part of our email, but I encourage you, uh, read that and, and ask the Lord, what, what is it of these that are, that are sticking out? And, and, and Bill just mentioned um, that verse, and I'm going to put it up on the screen for you in a couple of different translations, but it's 1 Thessalonians 5, 20 and 21. And, um, and in, the, the first one um, is, is in a very different translation, the New Living Version. It says, do not laugh at those who speak for God. Test everything and do not let good things get away from you. All right, let me, let me look at another one here. This is the voice. Don't downplay prophecies. Take a close look at everything. Test it. Then cling to what is good. You know what's interesting? It's not even focusing on the part that you didn't like or you think isn't God. Do you notice that? It's saying, test it really good so that you can grab the good stuff. The other stuff, it just kind of falls away. I think sometimes we get worried or afraid of like, you know, well, I don't know if all, all of that word was from God. You know the parts that are because your spirit starts 
connecting with it. There's a, there is, there's a fire on it. So pay attention to those things. Pray through them. And the ones, the things that are true and good, grab onto it. Here's one more from um, the Amplified. Don't scorn or reject gifts of prophecy or prophecies, spoken revelations, words of instruction or exhortation or warning. But test all things carefully so you can recognize what is good. Hold firmly to that which is good. So, yeah, we're getting lots of prophecies, lots. And, um, and so as Bill already said, uh, go back and review some of them. Um, certain words, will, I don't know about you, but I might, I might be driving, I might be at my desk, and all of a sudden, Holy Spirit just kind of reminds me of a certain word. And I go back, and I read it again, and I pray through it again. Um, so, so just get used to that. And if you're not used to writing words down, write them down. Start now. Don't, don't regret the past. You can't go back. But start writing them down when you get words um, so you can pray through them. So here, I don't know if um, you would be thinking this way or not. But, you know, here we had all this encouraging words coming our way, all this goodness. And you might be asking the question, why would, why would God have good things to say to me? You know, why would God have good things to say to you? Um, honestly, that might seem like such a simple question. If you are like immersed in the goodness of God and you've long since left all the other junk behind, then this question doesn't even make sense to you. But for most people, we're still in a process somewhere of believing God's good most of the time, you know. Um, but why would God have good things to say to you? And I want to I give you three really good reasons. And the first is because God is good. This is, this is probably the biggest reason. <laughs> Why would God have good things to say to you? Because he's good. Because he's good. That's his nature. So we're talking about now the nature of God who does not change. When God says, I do not change, he's talking about his nature, his character, the goodness of his heart to you. And we all know goodness can come in a lot of different ways. It's, we, we like the goodness when it's a financial, unexpected financial blessing. Wow, God's so good. A healing, you know, that God's so good. How about the goodness of God when you go through a tragedy and you feel his closeness and his nearness? Or maybe you don't feel it right away, but you see his faithfulness and, and you look back a month, two months, a year later, and you realize he just brought you full back circle again and brought you back up out of that place, out of, out of the depths. That's the goodness of God. What about when, when a relationship goes sour? That doesn't feel very good, but the goodness of God, sometimes he brings about the reconciliation in a way you weren't expecting, but sometimes in the midst of grappling with a, with some, with a relationship that hurts, he starts showing you things about your own heart and your own need for growth. That is the goodness of God. See, it comes in so many different ways, but I want to tell you his motive always is good. He's good, he's good, he's good. This is why he's going to say good things to you. Where do we see this in Scripture? Uh, Psalm 145, 8, 9, The Lord is merciful and compassionate. He's slow to get angry. He's filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. This is who he is. And I found this one. Um, you've been seeing lately, if you've been coming here, we, we use the Passion Translation a lot. And it's not because suddenly um, we think that the Passion Translation is the best or the only one to use. We, we use all kinds of translations. But when a new translation comes out that's so f- filled with um, uh, what do I, energy, excitement, something new that's recapturing you, a lot of us are happen to be reading it. So I'm just telling you that if you need something fresh, read the Passion Translation. But look at this in Psalm 42.7. My deep need calls out to the deep kindness of your love. <sighs> Anybody needy here? Because I am. <laughs> and he knows that. Like, don't be, don't be upset that you're needy. <laughs> Uh, you know, problem with sometimes our problem with with need, neediness is that we it makes us vulnerable. If we actually need something, we become vulnerable. And when we get hurt by others because we had needs, then we just learn to say, ah, "I just don't. I won't have any needs." Yeah, how is that working for you? Because you have needs, and the Lord knows it. And He's and He's saying, "Come to me," and my kindness. He's the only one that's going to meet those deep needs. Uh, we had Cat earlier share about about. 
about freedom from addictions. You know, there's other places. We keep trying to find it in other places. We're not going to find it anywhere else. Our, my deep need calls out to the deep kindness of your love. Mm. Let's just stop for a minute. Oh. Father, you know that the deep needs of our hearts. You know. You know the places, God, where we're feeling scared or insecure, where we have doubts, where um, we're just we're angry and we don't know how to get out of it. There's just so many different ways, so many needs, God. And and um, and so we're saying, Lord, we're coming to you and saying that that we're calling out to the the depth of your kindness, God. The depth of the kindness of your heart. So let's pray this together. My deep need calls out to the deep kindness of your love. Let's tell them one more time. Father, my deep need calls out to the deep kindness of your love. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that, that through the years, God, we've been through uh, so many things in life. And as we look back, we see your faithfulness. We see your kindness. We see your tenderness. God, even in the midst of it, sometimes, sometimes we don't. In the midst of the, the turmoil, the, the heartaches, we don't see it right then. But God... As we move ahead, we realize you never left us. You never forsook us. You always walked with us. You always had the next blessing. You always had a kind word. You always took us by the hand and helped us back up again. You always forgave us. You always had mercy. Thank you, God. Your nature, this nature never, ever changes. So the second, second part, uh, second thing, why would God have good things to say to you? Because you are God's beloved child. So the first one was about the nature of God. This one's about your identity. Both of these are, are crucial. If you, don't, if you don't know the nature of God and you don't know who you are as a child of the king, then you're not going to expect good, kind things to come your way or him to speak kindness to you. Super important. As you know you're his child, you will start to expect the goodness of God. And um, before I show you some scriptures, I wanted to just share with you that most of you in the room know this, that Derek and I have two sons, uh, Suzanne and I. I had some explaining to do there for just a minute. This is my wife, Suzanne. And... um, We've been married for 32 years, and uh, life is good. And God bless us with two sons, Derek and Aaron. Yay, I got it right. Isn't it fun to laugh? And uh, so I want to tell you about, about Derek, that how we had Derek is that, you know, when we felt like it was time for a baby, we went down to the baby nursery, and I just kind of looked at all the babies until I found, oh, I said, oh, he looks cute, don't you think, honey? And Yeah, no, not. So, um, so Suzanne did all the hard work, and, and I got to be there, and, and when Derek was born, I just wept and wept. I had no idea. Like, as soon as, soon as he came out, it was just instant, instant weeping. Um, that this little guy who I, had, I knew him, but I didn't, had never seen him, until he came out at that moment, and I was so in love with this little guy, and he did nothing for me to be in love with him. He was, he was just mine. And, and, and through the same thing for Aaron when he came a few years later, same story, cried again. I had been through it once, and it didn't seem to matter. I cried the exact same way when Aaron came out. And, um, and you know, I, I just have amazing memories. Um, but some, one of my favorites is, is, you know, for those of you that have little ones, you know that Life is pretty exhausting when they're really small because why? They require every ounce of your time and attention and everything, right? They need you. Remember we just talked about needs? 
and a father who's not afraid of your needs. Little babies need, 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 need you. And so, and so um, I just remember, like, uh, there were times where, um, you know, I'll just speak about Derek right now, where he was, he was finally nap time, like somewhere in the afternoon. He was finally getting fussy, and then uh, I'm, I'm holding him on the couch, and he falls asleep, and I'm, yes, like, I, he's, he's right here on my chest. And this was my chance for a half an hour cat nap, which I really, really needed. So I would just sleep with him on my chest right there. Love those moments. Love those moments. Um, and, and I could go on and on. Believe me, I could go on and on and on and on and on. This is our Father, and this is how he feels about each one of you every moment of every day. You're the one he has on his chest. You're the one he, he knows you have needs. I had to change diapers. I had to feed. I had, there was a lot of things that had to happen. He, he's, he's not afraid of our messes. Not at all. He just says, would you let me hold you? Let me hold you. You're mine. Come to me. Check out this scripture. This is from 1 John 3, 1. See what great love the Father has lavished, lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And the verse goes on to say, and that is what we are. We are God's children. So this is, it's not a nice analogy to make you feel good. This is truth. You are his son. You are his daughter. To the core. Look at this scripture. This is Romans 8, uh, verses 14 to 16 in the Passion. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. We've been talking a lot about the Holy Spirit this last year in the book of Acts. And the more we get to know God's Spirit, the more we are moved by him. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. It's not what he gave you. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance or the spirit of adoption, enfolding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, not somewhere out there, as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved Father. Most of your scriptures will say Abba, Abba, Papa, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. This is what Jesus told us to call him, Daddy, 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 Daddy. Who calls God daddy? Is that even allowed? Yeah, it is. Jesus told us to do this. So if we are this little one that has needs, then we're like that little two-year-old that just says, up, dad, dad. Do you know how, do you know how, um, how much that touches God's heart for you to actually have that kind of intimacy, to want that kind of connection with him? For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers in our innermost being, You are God's beloved child. And this is what he tells us over. Holy Spirit's not out there somewhere. He's right in here. And he's whispering again and again. It's true. This is true. Your daddy's favorite. Did you know that? Your daddy's favorite. And your brain says, come on. Come on, Pastor Brent, everybody can't be his favorite. Oh, with God, it is entirely true. It's not just possible, it's true. But the thing is, is you don't really enjoy the benefits of being his favorite unless you actually believe it. There's something about believing it that just changes everything. My daddy loves me. He loves me. And then this verse finishes up. These three verses finish up. And since we are his true children... We qualify to share all of his treasures, for indeed we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is, that's Jesus, and all that he has. What? Like we skip right over these verses. Are you kidding me? We, since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is. What? Can you even imagine that statement right there? All that Jesus is? Have we even come close to to beginning to understand all that Jesus is? 
Not even close. Every time I hear a really good sermon, I'm crying all over again because there's, I just get more and more depth of insight of all that Jesus is. And somehow, all that he is, we have. We get that. And all that he has, everything's been given to the Son. And God shares his inheritance with us. We will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. I actually love this translation because this is one of the most amazing few verses about being a child. And it ends with that little tagline about about just so long as we uh, experience the sufferings of Christ. And and, and I, I know some people that would read that and they begin to think, well, I can only get all those blessings if I suffer enough. And then we have this weird theology that I need to suffer more in order to be blessed more. That's not what this is saying at all. This is saying that we accept his sufferings as, his, as our own, meaning that what Christ did, he went to the cross for us. I don't know about you, but, but, but every time I see a, another a, a video, a message, whatever, about, about, about Jesus on the cross for me, I am in tears all over again because I know, Jesus, you did this for me. We're actually, we're actually feeling the sufferings of Christ. He doesn't want us to suffer the way he suffered on the cross. Let me tell you that. You can't actually suffer the way he suffered on the cross. It is not possible. So that cannot be what this verse means. But it does mean identifying, which means what? You are believing that Jesus really did this for you, which is what the gospel always comes back around to. You believe he is who he is, the son of God who came and died for you to make everything right for you. That's the key to receiving everything else we just read. Does that make sense? That's what it means to, to enter into sufferings is that you're saying, yes, Jesus. Yes, you suffered for me. And as you well know, we do in life go through sufferings. That does happen. Um, and Jesus is with us through it all. Let's go to the third one. Why would God have good things to say to you? So we talked about one, because he's good, which is his, his nature. He's not going to change. He's good. Secondly was you're his child, which is about your identity, knowing who you are. And the third one is because you are one with him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to expand on this one, but this one I'm telling you, I, as I was reading these scriptures earlier today in preparation, I was getting more, I was getting happier and happier. I was getting more and more amazed. And my brain was like the circuits were frying, frying because it, it's not something we're going to wrap our brains around. This is, this is something so much deeper than that. So I'm getting happy and my, and my brain can't figure out why. I just know I'm happier and happier. That, that we are one with him, so we're always going to have a place in his heart. Now this first scripture I want to use I love this scripture. I use it in most weddings where, that I perform the weddings uh, from Ephesians 5 where Paul talks about husbands and wives. But he's really talking about Christ and the church. The church is us. It's the followers. The church isn't a location. It's not a gathering. The church is us. It's the people. It's those who believe Jesus. So um, this is going to be from the message translation. And just check this out. So I, I do, if you are married, I want you to receive this too as, as, a, as a husband, as a wife. Um, this is for you in that regard as well. Husbands, I skipped over the wives part, by the way. That was before this. Uh, wives, it was, about, it was about honoring your husbands. Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church. A love that's marked by giving, not by getting. Now, just check this out. Christ's love makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her, dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. Have you ever heard people talk about how Jesus is coming back for a beautiful bride, right? A holy bride, a beautiful bride. How are we going to get there? It's because he's going to tell us who we are, and show us his love for us again and again and again and again until we get it, until we believe it. That's how we become beautiful. Because he tells us how special we are to him. He tells us our worth 
over. You feel unworthy. Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm a terrible person. He says, nope, I'm going to tell you again for the 5,000th time, and I'll tell you another 5,000 times, as many times as you need to hear it. Your worth to me is everything. Your worth is, is the cost of my blood. It was my joy to pay a price to have you with me forever. This is your worth. He'll tell us again and again and again. Now he says, and this, then he goes back to the husband-wife thing. He says, and that's how husbands ought to love their wives. They're really doing themselves a favor since they're already one in marriage. So to all husbands and wives out there, to any future husbands and wives, um, I, I say that the, the Lord, he tells us there's this mystery, Paul's going to talk about it, where, where the two actually become one flesh. And, and so he says, if, if you're going to tear... Um, tear the other down, guess where you're going? The two of you are one. And you know this, right? Uh, I, I have a, you know, this is going to be hard for you guys to believe, but Suzanne and I sometimes have disagreements. <laughs> Did I just say that? It's, it's on the podcast, too. <laughs> Charles, just admit that little part. <laughs> And, and if one of us is not at our best and one of us starts to do or say anything that's, that's tearing the other person down in any way, there's, there's discouragement hits both of us. It's never one person. It doesn't matter who's saying it or who's receiving it. And, if it. and if it ever turns into, oh, well, you said this, well, let me, I know your weak points, let me say that. You know, now guess where you're going again and again and again. You're going to keep going down. And this is why the Lord says, no, 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 no. Now, I understand the challenge of relationships, especially husbands and wives, is because you, you, you know each other better than anybody. You, you know those places where you can hurt should you choose to hurt the other person. And, and this is where we have to um, choose, you know, Lord, you give me your love. And I pray this all the time, give me your love for Suzanne. Um, because I know that I can hurt her and I don't want to. Now, I'm saying all this, and Paul's saying all this, not, not primarily in this passage about husbands and wives, although this is a great passage for husbands and wives. He's, I'm going back to my point about how we can know why would God say good things to us because we're one with him. I just told you, if, I, if I'm going to tear Suzanne down or vice versa, we're both going down together, right? Also, if I'm going to build her up, she builds me up. We're both going up together. We are one with Christ. I know, you can, I know you're figuring this out in your brain. We're one with him. He is never going to tear you down. He is not going down with you. He's only going to bring you up and up and up. Do you understand this? He is one with you. And this is exactly where Paul's going. So, so here's the rest of it. No one abuses his own body, does he? No, he feeds and pampers it. I, I have to almost add an addendum to that, which is no one abuses his own body unless that person might be influenced demonically, because we've seen that where people injure themselves. So what I want to say is ones, ones who have a sound mind, ones who, who um, you know, most people know enough to take care of themselves. But actually, he's not even talking about us. He's talking about Jesus. This is where he's going with this. He's talking about Jesus. I never really caught that until today uh, so much. But, but Jesus is never going, that, the point he's making is Jesus is never going to hurt himself. Wouldn't you agree with that? That's like so obvious. Jesus is not going to, he's not going to hurt himself. And you are one with him. So he's not going to hurt you ever. That's how Christ treats us, the church, since we are a part of his body. And this is why, now he's going back to the other analogy, this is why a man leaves a father and mother and cherishes his wife. No longer two, they become one flesh. This is a huge mystery. I don't pretend to understand it all. What is clearest to me, I love that Paul's real there, by the way. I don't pretend, I can't even pretend to understand this mystery. He's like, uh, but uh, what is clearest to me is, that, is the way Christ treats the church. That means you and me. This is people. And this provides a good picture of how each husband is to treat his wife, loving himself and loving her, and how each wife is to honor her husband. We are one with Jesus. I just wanted to show you a scripture. I'm, I'm again answering the question, why would God have good things to say to you? Because you're one with him. 
and he's only he's taking you up. He has he's he's creating this beautiful bride. But I want to tell you that this oneness um, through covenant love. Covenant love is a promise that he's always for us, never against us. Everything he does, everything he does is, is for our behalf, on our behalf. He does for us what we couldn't do in a million years. This is covenant. And I don't have time to get into covenant right now, but I think someone alluded to this earlier that God was on, I think Kat alluded to it earlier, God is on both ends of this covenant deal, if you don't know that. Because if the covenant is a handshake between us and God, we're kind of in deep trouble. Wouldn't you agree? Because that means there's a whole lot that depends on our side that's not going to be fulfilled. And then when does the covenant end? The new covenant was God shaking on it with himself. I, won't, I, I don't have time to unpack that. Just trust me. The new covenant is God shaking with himself, meaning I got this on both ends. This is the covenant always for you. And it always existed with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, the Father saying, this is my beloved Son when Jesus was baptized. This is my boy. I love him. Or another time he said, listen to him. Uh, Jesus Jesus says, man, my Father. You got to know my Father. He's always talking about his Father. My Father this, my Father that. You got to know my Father, the real Father. Jesus also said, oh my gosh, Holy Spirit, off the hook. He's off the hook. Just wait. You think I'm amazing? Wait till he comes. Holy, what does Holy Spirit do? All he can do is reflect back to Jesus and, Holy, you know, and the Father. That's all he does. Wow, did you see Jesus? See the Father? Whoa, whoa. This is what they've been doing for all of eternity. And in the midst of that, <laughs> this, is what, <laughs> this is what love does. Love always wants to include more people and get them in on it. So they got this amazing thing going, and they're like, we need more. We need more people. We're going to make men and women in our own image so that more and more and more people can be part of this exchange of love that comes from where? Comes from him, all from him. Check this out. First, just check this out. First Corinthians 6.18. But the one who joins himself to the Lord, meaning Jesus, I choose you. I believe you are the king. You're my savior. The one who, cho- who joins himself to the Lord is mingled into one spirit. Do you just pray that? One spirit with him. One spirit. There, your spirit, I, I know, like I told you, our brain... Our brain still tries to figure this out. Our brain, I wish we could all just disengage our brain for a little bit and just one spirit. Well, of course, one spirit, one spirit, one spirit. There's not two spirits. There's not like two co-joined spirits. There's just one spirit, his spirit in you. I'm not saying I understand that, but I'm saying that's exactly, I'm going to show you more scriptures. One spirit. Oh, and by the way, that picture, which I love, you can see there's, I don't know if you can see this, but there's four colors in there. And I, and I, I found this years ago. And, and when I look at this, I see, I see the Father as the gold around it all. I see, I see Holy Spirit as the red, almost like a flame. And then Jesus coming right up, and we're the one in white, the bride, but which also means us individually, but us corporately as the bride. And you can see the blue, you know, just kind of coming right up into the white because Christ is in us. There's no separation. It's just this dance. It's this one spirit, one essence. And um, here's another scripture. This is when Jesus was about to go to the cross. He's talking to his followers. He says, in a short time, the world will no longer see me. Because he knew he was going to the cross. But you will see that I live. And you also will live. You're going to see. You're going to see that I'll live. And you also will live. And on that day... Um, before I go to the rest of it, on that day, he's not talking about one day in heaven. He's saying, on the day when you see who I am, you know that I'm alive. There was a day in your lives where you knew Jesus was the real deal. You knew he was alive. On that day, you saw he was alive, and on that day, you became alive. It says in John 5 that, that when you believe in Jesus, you've already crossed over from death to life. We keep waiting for someday for eternal life. You've already started it. If you believe in Jesus, you've already started your eternal life. Jesus said in John 11, you will never die. (laughs) 
John 11, you will never die. What did he mean by that? He says some pretty crazy, wild out there things. This Lord of eternity, you will never die because you're going from life to more life. And the moment you saw Jesus and you knew he was alive, you became alive with him. And on that day, you will know that I am in my Father. Jesus says, I am in my Father. You are in me. And I am in you. Are you seeing this? Oh, Jesus says, I'm in the Father. You're in me. And I'm in you. Now, this scripture doesn't say it. There's others that do. Holy Spirit's part of this too. <laughs> you really good words. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, this is just the gospel. I can't take credit for this. <laughs> This is just the truth. Here's Jesus praying in John 17, his last prayer. Father, I have revealed to them, that's you all, who you are, Father. And I will continue to make you even more real to them so that, why? So that they may experience the same endless love that you have for me. For your love will now live in them even as I live in them. In, in, in. We had all these songs earlier. Here's mine. Peter Frampton. I'm in you. You're in me. Anyway, I'm in you. You're in me. Because I gave you the love, love that I always had. Okay, that was it. Oh, there's more, but don't get me going just because I have a microphone. For those, for those of you who haven't, who haven't been part of this, I, I'm going to, again, do another jukebox tonight. So wherever Cat is, you've been spurring it on for sure. Uh, in, in years past, I have done a bunch of these songs where we're actually singing all these songs back and forth to Jesus. It's an amazing night. So it's coming. But back to our previously scheduled program, which is all about Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus in us. No separation. So I was telling you three reasons why God has really good things to say to you. Why you need to pay attention to those good things. Why you should write them down. Why you should pray through them because they're real. Why you should go ahead and test it. Absolutely. And the things that aren't you don't feel like are God, no problem. Just That's all it is. But the good stuff, hang on to those. Do not let go of the good stuff because they were from Papa for you. They were from Jesus to cause a beautiful bride to come into being. You're his child. He's good. You're one with him. Your spirit and his spirit are one. There is no separation ever. This is the miracle of the gospel. Now I want to end... And I'm going to call you back up, Bill. So get ready. Get ready, Bill. All right. I'm going to end with, with a, a benediction. Benediction is just kind of like a, an ending a blessing that comes straight out of Hebrews chapter 13. Because this benediction like ties in a bunch of the things that we just talked about tonight. And it says this. Now, may God, our Father who brought us peace by raising from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, so that he would be the great shepherd of his flock, and by the power of the good of the eternal covenant, may he work perfection into every part of you, giving you all that you need to fulfill your destiny. And may he express through you all that is excellent and pleasing to him through your life Union with Jesus. That means you're one with him, the anointed one, who is to receive all glory forever. Amen. Now, we're going to do this again because I love declarations. So I rewrote this um, with, as, as a declaration, which we're going to stand and say together in just a moment. But I want to explain one thing. When it talks about perfection, I want to make sure you understand that that does not mean that you don't make any mistakes. For any of you perfectionists out there, this is not like giving you reason to believe that the only way God approves of you is if you do everything just so. 
Some of you grew up that way, and so you start to see God that way. Not true. That's not what, that's not what this perfection is talking about. It's a wholeness. It's a, it's a pureness. It's everything that he is in you. So, so just understand that, that we get that word right. So, so when, we re, when we rephrase this, I, I have the next slide is we're going to say it together. I talked about uh, into, a, into perfect wholeness is how I described it. So you understand what it is you're saying. So stand with me. We're going to agree with the Lord. This is coming straight out of Scripture. So let's agree together. Father, you brought us peace by raising from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ so that he would be our great shepherd. And by the power of the good of the eternal covenant, may you make every part of me perfectly whole giving me all that I need to fulfill my destiny. And may you express through me all that is excellent and pleasing to you through my life union with Jesus, the Anointed One, who is to receive all glory forevermore. Amen. Amen. All right, Bill, come on up here. You can have a seat. You can stand if you want, but you can have a seat. Walk close to you. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. There's a like a crazy angel right here that makes you do crazy things. Okay. So, uh, you know, I really feel like, you know, tw- uh, 2020 is uh, just going to be amazing. So we're, we're entering into an amazing era. And I was just thinking about t- today's message, and uh, the, the word that kept coming to mind was the word hope. And so that's what the Lord has for us for this future is hope. And I feel like, you know... For some reason, for various reasons, you know, hope kind of like, kind of like, it just kind of dribbles out. Sometimes we develop cracks and it falls out. Some, and sometimes we just kind of spend the hope on fruitless endeavors or whatever, and then we become discouraged. You know, and I really feel like the Lord is saying, I'm going to be filling your coffers. I just see it like gold pieces, you know, like gold. And each gold coin is, is a, it's, it's like hope. And that's what he's giving us, and that's what he's going to be doing. And I feel like that's what he's doing tonight. And so he's going to be pouring out hope on every single one of you, where you have been feeling like, you know, just kind of dragged down, or let's say you just run out of gas, or it's like it's just kind of all drained out, or you become really thin inside, you know, just kind of just, you know, your spirit feels thin. And the Lord says, I'm going to pump you up. That's what the 2020 is about, is pump you up. That's right. <laughs> so what I'd like to do is we did this thing on, um, on um, New Year's Eve. Thank you very much. And I want you to stand, each of you. And so what I'm going to do, so the 2020 thing is double right? So I'm going to declare, I'm going to say something, I'm going to just say double something or another, and you're going to say amen, okay? So I want you to practice the amen. Say amen. Amen. Do it again. Amen. Again. Amen. That's right. Okay. Double deliverance. Double finance. Double healing. Double Holy Spirit. Double intimacy with the Lord. Double healing. Double hope. Double faith. Double happiness. Double happiness. Double happiness.
<laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. There's more. There's more. There's more. Duh, uh, all right. Uh, let me see. There, there's more here. I'm going to wait just a minute. Hold on just a minute. Thank you, Jesus. More, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Whoa. Whoa. There's just been some long-standing things that have been troubling some of you. So we're saying double inner healing. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. More. Double prophetic. <laughs> double <laughs> miracles. Amen. Yeah, double miracles. That's right. Double evangelism. Amen. Amen. Yes, yes. Double impact the community. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So I want you to turn to, to the person to your right, and I want you to release double blessing on them for this coming year. Yeah. To the person to your right. More, more double blessing for 2020. <laughs> yes, double joy for, du- for 2020. Double release and relief. Yes. All right. Okay, now turn to the person to your left. Release the blessing on that person. Double blessing. Double, 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 more, more, more hope, double hope, double joy, double love. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, no going backwards. No going backwards. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Father. I just really feel like 2020 is, a, is a, also a year of promotion. It's a year of stepping up and not going backwards, all right? That's, it's about going forwards. Because, you know, God is on the move, and the tide is rising. It's not going down. It's not draining. The tide is not a tide of joy and blessing and love. And intimacy with the Lord, it's not draining. It's actually filling and filling more and more and more. The Lord is promoting the whole body of Christ, and he is promoting you. And so if you can, if you can, uh, let's turn, turn to your right. Everyone turn to your right, because that way you'll be able to take a step forward. All right, turn to your right. So... I want you to, on the, on the count of three, you're going to be stepping into your promotion. No looking back. One, two, three. Step forward. We're stepping into the promotion. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> no looking back. No, no stepping back. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 